Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. Greg McBride, Mike Lung, back with you for episode seven. We're gonna uh, we're gonna have to talk a little bit about uh, emotions today, Mike. It uh, it's getting ugly out there. Um, I don't know if anybody is uh, has has seen, but uh, we're we're basically giving away wheat uh, in the uh, in the world export market, and, and nobody's taking it. So we'll have to talk a little bit about uh, uh, cheap commodities. And uh, uh, first, let's get a little bit of housekeeping done. Um, what's going on this week? What are we seeing? Yeah, so we finished out today, obviously, from your comments. Uh, wheat's not looking great. Uh, past couple days, seen multiple days in a row of double-digit losses in this wheat market. We got an Egypt tender today that we weren't even offered on, which was surprising. Um, and there's just a lot going into that, whether it's we're not going to be caught up with demand until this Friday. Uh, we're going to figure out with all the export reports what's going on there and have those reports. Uh, like I just said, we weren't even offered an Egypt tender, and Russia's prices has dropped $15 in 12 days. No, we've got this, this I guess, a data dump part two for the for the exports. Right. Um, We've got the USDA convention going on where they're going to give us uh, their baseline numbers and we're going to start to see what they're indicating as far as where we're going to be for plantings and all that stuff. I, I mean, is any of this stuff, do you think any of this stuff is actually going to, going to move the markets? Well, I think that this week is just a culmination of a lot of stuff. Right now you have a lot of bankers on people's butts to get them out there and sell cash corn. They want to get cash in the books and... I think that has a little bit to do with this week. I think we also have, like we just said, this data don't come up on Friday. That's going to finally catch us up to what we've been missing out on. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, we have March option expirations coming up on Friday as well. So we just have a lot of stuff jam-packed into an already shortened week. Right. Which it just doesn't, it's not the best week to have everything thrown at us at once. So that's something that I do think is putting a little pressure on us as well. Um, so what to be expecting this Friday, I think after all this just selling and selling that we've been seeing, maybe we see profit taken on Friday along with these reports now that we're finally caught up, especially if we come out with this export reports and we see that we get a giant sale to China or someone we had no idea that was even in the market for our corn, wheat, wheat, whatever. Right. And well, another thing to think about here, too, is, you know, as as we talk about all this, the information that we're going to see on uh, you know, Thursday, Friday with, you know, with China back in Washington to discuss trade. One of the other things that we've seen and we're still not caught up on is this commitment of traders report, mm -hmm. whereas the wheat uh, for the week of the 29th of January flipped from minor long to minor short. Uh, is that kind of weighing on people that oh maybe maybe the the funds are jumping into the short side of things and, and gearing up for the long haul thinking that we've got big ending stocks we've we've been lacking on our exports are they seeing something or is there is this going to be one of those years where we're fighting an uphill battle the whole time because the funds just want to be short and they're going to be in control because they have more money than us yeah just looking at how the reports have been coming out and when we were, we, we've been taking 
the speed bumps pretty low. And we were doing that back in December as well. Not as low as the speed bumps are now, obviously, but we were taking into the shit on the speed market. And honestly, what I think when I came out with this commitment trade report is that they're pretty neutral on wheat. I don't think anyone wants to jump on either side with this time of year. We usually get some kind of wheat issue that drives demand over the U.S. And I don't know if funds have been jumping in heavily on either side as well, not knowing what the exports are saying. Right. And what we're still, you know, like it, like I said, that information was as of January 29th. So right. we're still three to four weeks behind on that. Mm-hmm. By the time we get caught up, we may see it go the other way. And it's the same thing with the corn and the beans, too. They're, you could call them neutral. I think they're a little bit long uh, by like 20,000 contracts in beans, and they're a little bit short by like 40,000 or 30,000 in, in corn. But those are, for the size of the, the record long or the record short, those are very minor positions. Right. It's, it's almost like they, they're kind of throwing their hands up saying, well, let's get caught up on, on data. We don't want to overcommit ourselves to one direction or the other because if this thing does happen with China, we want to go on the long side. Or if this thing doesn't happen with China, we're going to sell the heck out. Yeah, I think, I think that's very true. And I think that with what we've been seeing recently, they have been kind of shy towards the grain markets. And from what I've been hearing today, they might have taken that shyness toward the grains and thrown it towards livestock. It sounds like what I'm hearing, we might have them near or making a record long for this cattle. It seems like they're piling up their position here. And when we get this all set out, we get all up to date with what's going on export-wise. And especially if we warm up here, that record long cattle might well, and that's that's a callback to last week when we were talking about looking at the the cattle market, and you know we're we're at or near contract highs on a lot of these contracts uh, through spring and into the summer, and uh, and even into the fall. We need to we need to be looking at that and saying, well, you know what? Let's let's step aside while we're seeing some of these uh, these weather issues, thinking that you know weather premium can can play a factor in the winter for, uh, for cattle, uh, to the bullish side. Um, you know, if we turn the, turn the page into March and we're still near those highs, it's definitely time to start looking at break evens and trying to get yourself, uh, get yourself hedged up. Yeah. I mean, just as a little side note, from a historical standpoint, February 20th of 2018 was our high for cattle. Just a also side side note, today is February 20th of 2019. Um, so something to keep in mind, right. just on a historical basis. So now let's, let's talk about something that's along these same lines, but something that, uh, uh, you know, farmers get into, brokers get into it. I mean, everybody that's in or around these markets has to deal with this. It's emotion. Mm-hmm. Emotion is one of the, it can be a big driver to how you position yourself, but it can also, it can also hurt you. Oh yeah. But how do you deal with that when you see these markets just, let's, let's use wheat for an example. Let's use hogs for an example. Mm -hmm. Two markets that were basically in free fall mode this week. 
Mm-hmm. And and really, I mean, they finished lower again here today. Uh, the April hogs used used a, yeah used a good portion of that expanded limit before they came back a little bit. But I mean, it's it's ugly. How do you how do you deal with that if you're if you're on the wrong side of that market and it's it's just flowing through stops and it's it's just continuing to fall apart. Yeah, I mean, with let's use Weehee hogs like you said as an example. The reason people use stops is for this exact reason, because if you get too tied to a position that is just working and working against you, you'll wake up one day and see that you're very far down this trade. And that is the biggest reason to use stops. Use a stop, and the big I think the bigger thing with using stops is realize you have that stop in for a reason. So... If you're getting stop out, that doesn't mean you turn around and get right back in the market. You had that stop in for a reason. I think having that plan in place and following through with it is the best way to overcome an emotional trade, which can really dig you into the hole. If you have hogs that were limited down yesterday and you don't think that they could go limit again today, put a stop in. Because they might, they might go past expand limits, and they might work their way into that range. So that's it's just a way to limit yourself from own human flaws. Yeah, and I mean it. it you know, we sometimes we just pick a we just pick a spot on the chart and say this is where I think it's gotten too oversold, or this is where it meets support. So. This is where it should start to, to find some support and come back up. But these markets can can get so overdone. It doesn't matter how much you have left in the tank. They've got more. You know, so I think the, the big con- the big concern on that is know your risk tolerance. Know what your risk is for that position. Why are you in the position? Look at why you're in the position. Is it speculative? Well, don't get married to it. Set yourself set yourself a a loss that's acceptable to you. I know not everybody nobody wants to take a loss, but in in trading it's just going to be one of those things. You are not going to win on every trade. It just happens. So I think one of the things you need to look at is set a, a reasonable loss. Don't set the stop like 15 cents below where you got into it because that's you're going to get stopped out immediately. You know, if it's if it's hogs Set it two or three dollars lower. If it's if it's wheat, maybe it's fifteen cents. Maybe it's twenty cents. Mm-hmm. I, and then also with that, it really depends on where you're getting it. Because as we're talking about these places that support resistance and everything, there are minor and major levels. And if you're saying, "Hey, I'm trying to pick a bottom here," and you're close to that critical support you can tighten up that stop block quicker so that way if it does break which if it does break and it could drop another 50 cents you can tighten that stop up to five cents or something just so that if it does break you get stopped out and you don't have to do the 15 cents so really you have to tweak that to what you're trying to accomplish out of position that's why you got going with the plan well let's let's talk about something real quick and and We'll keep, we'll continue to use the wheat and the 
hogs as, as examples. Part of the issues that we have right now is, is really a lack of bullish information, a, la a lack of fundamental reasons to go higher. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't stop people from wanting to jump into it because it's, it's cheap. You know, I'm using air quotes there, but it's, it's cheap. So what, what's a good way uh, to look at these markets and, and say, okay, well, where, where's a good place to buy it? Do you have to, I mean, do you, on some of these contracts, do you have to go back to a continuous chart and say, well, six years ago, we were at this level and this is where it caught, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it, what's uh, a, <clears throat> When you have a market that doesn't have bullish fundamentals and you want to be bullish, what's your what's your incentive? Are you just are you just trying to play the game? Are you trying to jump in and and be a hero? Where you know where are you trying to to take this in? That's that's the key to to trading these markets is what's your upside goal? Right. You know mm -hmm. if you're if your upside goal is 15 cents in wheat and it's $2 in hogs and you just lost $3.20 or, you know, in those markets, why aren't you running the stock? Mm -hmm. You're only trying to make 15 cents. Mm -hmm. You're only trying to make two bucks, but you just lost that much and more in the span of a day or two days. Definitely, yeah. So what, uh, that's one of those things where I think... Uh, you know, you need to, and not, and not everybody likes to work stops because they always feel like there's that mentality that oh, as soon as the uh, as soon as they get my stop, that's what they're they're just looking. They know where my order's at. They're gonna come and get that stop, and I'm I'm gonna be out, and then it's gonna go right back up because we've seen we've seen it before. Oh, as soon as I got stopped out, then the next day it went it went back higher, and I missed out on the train. Well, mm -hmm. how would you handle that? Yeah, so. Some ways I like to look at it, uh, make different chart formations. I know it didn't hold today, but there was a downward channel, channel in July KCD. way I did it, I, I looked at getting into market, and I put that stop right below the lower end of the channel. So what my goal with that was, was risk that is five cents, and the goal was to get... 25 cents, which would touch the upper end of the channel. So I like using that way because you are using such a reduced amount of risk that if it does break that channel and it breaks support, same Sunday it drops 12 cents. Mm -hmm. So you're now, down there and then you're looking for the next level of support. Now you get stopped out. Okay, I get stopped out. Take a breather. Mm -hmm. The guy still wants to be long. How do you handle that one? Are you gonna Are you gonna ask him to put an order in lower, or this is something that my customers will end up doing? Is okay. I got my hand slapped on the downside because I was I was long and it wasn't done going down. Mm -hmm. It stopped out. Okay. Let it find its bottom. Right. And then let's go ahead and put a buy stop in up at resistance or just mm -hmm. above resistance. That way, when this thing does decide it's going to rally, because we see these these hogs do this V bottom thing all the time. Yeah. You know, and then we'll get along. We may miss the first 
couple of bucks of a of a rally in hogs, or we may miss the first 15 cents of a rally in wheat, but we'll get on, on board as it takes off and starts to break through some of those right. price points. Is that how you would handle it, or uh, what's your re-entry point? Because, you, you know, like we said, we don't want to necessarily just get stopped out and then get right back into mm -hmm. it. How would, you, how would you handle that with your guys? So what I usually do is when we do think that the market has been overdone, we'll go with the enter with the stop, and if we get stopped out, we'll hold out for that day. We won't do anything else. Um, and then the next day, like I did this with uh, cattle, we did what you just said. You put a uh, buy or sell stop so that way you get caught going back the other way and you enter a hopefully trending market that you could profit off of. Or the other way is if these markets are in free fall and they want to be in right now, you can look for a cheap call. And that's a non-marginal way to just hold on to that for a while. And if you're wrong, you know how much you're risking there. And you just have that sitting up there because it does work. That's fantastic. The buying the call or a call spread, mm -hmm. something that's non-marginable. You know how much premium you put into it. You know that's the most you're going to put into it. And if you're wrong for the next three, five days, however long it takes, at least you know that when it does start to come back, you're on board with it. And that's a that's a good way because then that limits your limits your risk completely to just what you put into it. Mm -hmm. Good thought. All right. Well, one of the things that uh, we've got coming up here, and we, obviously we talked about some of the market things, but starting on Monday, we have our annual acreage survey. Mm -hmm. We're going to be calling and actually taking calls from farmers all over the United States, uh, from sea to shining sea. We, we want to know what you guys are planting. Uh, how many acres are you planting this year versus last year? Uh, is, it a, is it going to be strictly a rotational idea, or is it because of the way that the, uh, the break-evens work in your area? Mm -hmm. um, so where can, they, uh, where can they get a hold of us to, uh, to participate in uh, the acreage survey? Yeah, get a hold of us at 1-800-262-7538, 1-800-262-7538-2market, email service at allendale-inc.com, or on Twitter at allendale underscore inc. For this week of Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung, Greg McBride, signing off till next week. You guys have a great one.